This presentation is from UX Australia 2019, Sydney. Please join me in welcoming, thanking to the stage, El Geraghty, talking about content strategy. Thanks, El. <laughs> what, a, what a really lovely introduction. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, I'm quite famous for telling everybody that I know and those I don't how much I love UX Australia. This is my 11th UX Australia, and I will definitely be back for the 12th. So, I loved the talk that we just heard from Andy Pellane. If you weren't in the room, I, I feel very sorry for you. You know why I loved it? It was all about content. It was about narrative and it was about fabulous new technologies allowing us to create new and more sophisticated content. And that's what my talk is going to be about today. I've been really lucky over the last 15 years or so to be working with a whole bunch of different organisations, um, all three levels of government, travel, uh, glam, financial services for purpose. And over that time, I have noticed the same content problems coming up over and over again. And I was like, oh, okay, so what I'm seeing these problems, it would make sense to try and distill them down to find out what are these problems and is there a way that we might be able to look for tactical short-term responses to mitigate some of them. So we're all experts in this room. We know that complex problems um, need complex solutions and need nuanced solutions. But in saying that, there are a couple of things that you can do that's a bit of a quick fix. To start this conversation off, though, I want to have, I want to ground us a little bit. It's like, what is content? So we saw some lovely examples of content just now. But I, let's get into the actual, like, nitty-gritty detail of it. Because so often when we're thinking about content, we think, oh, we're talking about words. And you're right, we are talking about words. So, for example, this, um, this story from the ABC, this is content, right? This is words and an image on a, on a journalistic website. This is also content, the photography and potentially even the metadata and the taxonomy be behind product distribution on a commercial website. Content. Oh, we're at the Australian Taxation Office now. They've got in some instructions about how to do something, lodge a tax return, that makes sense. Content. Words. Um, but content. Then, as Andy mentioned, cat videos, they are the, uh, the base of the internet. Content. Recipes. Content. Reviews, content, Applic uh, applications, maps, content, tools and calculators on the web, content, help instructions, content, newsletters, content, data from the Bureau of Meteorology in, on my phone, content, user-generated content. If you've all seen the BBC Dad video, um, do you remember what he was, that guy was talking about Korea to the BBC and he's, all his family burst in? He came to Sydney and I got a photo with him. User-generated content. <laughs> and of course, there's microcopy. So when you're looking at, like, so why, why did Google decide to use the word compose on that red box? Th th these are all content decisions. Oh, chatbots, more content. Is this list ever going to end, you're thinking? Oh, gaming. So the narrative behind the games and the, the actual, the, 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 well, they're not called cartoons, are they? What's a better word for avatar? Thanks, James. What else have we got? Uh, oh, so, oh, sorry, I didn't, I had a little re, uh, delay on the um, progressor there. 
if we're talking about virtual reality, I don't know whether virtual reality is ever going to be a thing, is it? We keep talking about it coming, and I haven't really seen a successful application. Maybe there'll be something in today's conference. But there's another example of content. And of course, if, um, if I'm talking to my Alexa or my Siri or my Google Home, it's also content. Have I missed anything out? What else is, can you think of any other really great examples of content that I should put up on these slides? Other than the artificial intelligence stuff that we just talked about? No, maybe? Someone generally has a really good suggestion for me. You got nothing? Oh, yes, what do you got? Oh yeah, great. It wasn't, I'm gonna add it. Thank you so much, that's awesome. So the suggestion was signage, and I guess wayfinding or information architecture in a digital context. So the people who craft that content, these, these are the people. It's not just your writers. It's not just your journos, your copywriters, your technical writers. It's also people who are sound designers, illustrators, videographers, and now we know people who are creating deep fakes using artificial intelligence. These are all content creators. And so let's think about why content is so important. Let's have a look, so this is, I know it's quite small, but this is the Apple website, and I've taken a really nice long screen grab of it. And you think, okay, this mob are doing all right. Apple seem to be, you know, pretty successful. Perhaps they've got a, uh, their homepage is a pretty good one. And let's, but let's deconstruct it. So what, what, is, what is going on on this, on this homepage? Well, the first thing I can see is content. I can see words and I can see an image. Let's get rid of that, because what I want to do here is I want to see what's left after we get rid of the content. Okay, so there's some more words. I know they're definitely content. That was what I knew was content before. So more words in another image. Yeah, they're content. Hyperlinks are content. Thanks. Good, good point. I'll put that on the slide as well. Oh, more content. More words. A link. Images. Beautiful photography. I wonder how much they paid for that. Probably thought about it before they had to publish as well. Oh, oh. And here is the rub. So you notice that I've left the, the global navigation and, and the footer there. I would argue that actually information architecture is, is content as well. However, I'm prepared to fight you on that one. I'm going to get rid of the footer, but I'll leave the, the global nav for you. You think, okay, well, that's, an, that's Apple. They're a commercial site. They, you know, it's all about the shiny imagery. But let's take, the, let's go back to the Australian Taxation Office and let's do exactly the same thing, but even more quickly. You can see the same thing is going to happen here. What can I see at the top? I can see some words, and maybe there's the, the microcopy on that search function, content. Then I can see a whole bunch of um, uh, read more, kind of soliciting me in to um, learn more about the site. I can see a chatbot solicit and some um, help text, text explaining how to use it. I can see videos, I can see copy, I can see infographics, I can see more infographics, and I can see another infographic. And yeah, I'm going to get rid of that one again. So what's left on this website? This in, you know, how many people submit a tax return? It's about 11 and a half million people in Australia every year. And you can say a proportion of them had a look at this site. So a pretty important site, and it is made up substantially of content. That's why it's so important. But you might say, hey, L, they were like kind of information websites. What about a functional space? Where, where's the interaction? Well, here we go. I've, this is um, Google Maps on my iPad. And again, what's the top left there? Say it with me. Photograph. Content. Thank you. Words. Content. In <laughs> icons. Content. More words. Content. 
and, and it goes on and on. And you go, hang on, no, 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 that's not content. Look, it is content. The map is content. The GIS data is content. So there we go. This is why content is so, so, so important. And even if we're not thinking about it from kind of a... Uh, a, a more tactical point of view, you can think, if you think about the storytelling that, that Andy Belaine talked about us a little bit, you know, content is about, it is really the basis of why people come to a digital space. And really interestingly, uh, we, I just heard from Padma Gillen, who um, was instrumental in heading up gov.uk's content strategy division. And he, uh, at the Sydney Content Strategy Meetup this week, and he told us in that meetup that um, their estimates, so this is the, the UK government estimates, is that it costs 10 times as much to service um, a user via the call centre, or potentially even if you've got like a walk-in branch, as it does via digital. So not only is content really important, um, uh, sorry, it, not only is content ubiquitous, but it also is important because it is uh, such a cost-effective way of servicing users. And of course, the risk there is if we don't get it right, uh, for example, if we're not compliant or if we provide inconsist inconsistent information, that also uh, it, um, is another reason for us to prioritise the production and the management of content. Okay, that's a bit of pre preamble. Let, let's bust into these, these seven problems that I have noticed. Okay, so the first one is all about audience. You guys will know this problem intimately. This problem is all around user insights and understanding more about uh, who our customers are, who our constituents are, who the people are that engage with our digital space. And I often see a range um, of problems here. The first kind of most naive level is people, there's no understanding of who users are. The second one is that we kind of know who our users are. We've, we've got some, we've, you know, we've done a bit of user research. There's some stuff in documents somewhere. We might have done a persona. Uh, but we're not quite sure how to actually apply that that insight in a meaningful way. And then you've, got, you've probably got something that's quite sophisticated, but there is an organisational consensus around you know, who our users are and what they're trying to do. So what I'm hoping to do in this session is just give you really very quick one or two tactical pieces of advice on how you might be able to, from a content strategy perspective, address that deficit. And what I would suggest here for audience is two techniques. One of them is to have a look at Jerry McGovern's top tasks. What he's done is take um, user journeys in the way that you're probably quite familiar with them and created a bit of a connective tissue towards actual um, specific tasks that users are trying to complete and hence the content that you might need to create to address it. And then also, you probably already heard of the core model. It's a really fantastic model created out of Norway from the company called NetLife. And what they do is they talk about, and they have this really great model that helps you map um, users' journeys into the content. So, and it, you, it's all page-based. So you look at one specific screen or one specific page, and you think, how did the user get there, and what do they want to do when they leave? And again, these are two really tactical tools that help you focus on providing a conduit between any insights you have around users and the actual meaningful content artifacts. And don't worry, I've got all the links to all the resources I'm going to share with you um, at the, on the last slide for you to take a photo of. I really like this quote from Jerry McGovern, 
and 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 again, this is an emphasis around this strategy that, or this, it's really a tactic that he developed around top tasks. So, again, you will notice commonality in this next challenge with one that you have on a day-to-day -day basis, and you and you'll probably be thinking, oh wow, I share a lot of these challenges with you know, content strategy, and you'll be like, yes, that's correct, because if you're creating a digital artifact, your main, the main thing that you're working with, whether you know it or not, is actually content. So the business strategy challenge that I see over and over again is this lack of cohesion. It's actually a really similar challenge to the first one, a lack of cohesion between the organisational, stated organisational strategic pillars and what content is actually being created. So you might... so. And, and sometimes this is just about a lack of understanding. Sometimes it's a lack of articulation. There's a whole bunch of complex reasons why this is going on. Some of you may be working in organisations where you think, I actually don't know in a really meaningful way what our, um, my organisational strategic goals are or my, um, my corporate you know, strategic pillars are. And you're not alone. A, a lot of people have that same feeling. So this is what I would recommend. I couldn't actually find um, a, t a tool other than the one that I have worked on, which was a bit awkward, for solving this problem. But what I have for you is a really simple solution. You go and you look um, for the corporate plan. It will be somewhere on the internet. A lot of organisations put it on the internet. And you create yourself a really simple table. It's only got two columns. On the left, you have your actual... Um, strategic pillars or drivers or whatever the hell they call them in the organisation. On the right, you say, what actions am I actually going to complete in terms of creating content, more importantly, reducing content to support that strategic pillar? So if you think about the Australia Council, one of their most important strategic pillars is we want to amplify um, Australian art and excellence in Australian art. And so you put that in your top left column and you think, okay, what am I going to do on the website or in my digital channels to support that? Uh, they have another one which is around diversity. So you think, okay, well, rather than publishing on the front page of our Australia Council website a traditional um, oil painting, we might start to think about how we can include more progressive, more diverse art pieces to illustrate who we are as the Australia Council. And that's just a little bit of context about that one. So the third, the third challenge that I see over and over again whoops, is not having the right people and the right uh, team with the right skills on board for content strategy. You have the, the most, the biggest problem is you're not, not enough people. People are trying to run a uh, a huge organisation with four people in the in the online content team. It's just not going to work. That that is not enough people, or they don't have enough resources allocated to them. They're not trained well enough. They are not supported adequately. They are not released to do additional professional development. Um, and, and what happens then is there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of poor outcomes. And, I see, and again, this is something that I see a lot. And so the solution that I have here is that um, Pad McGillan, um, I mentioned before, who uh, was formerly with uh, data.uk, gov.uk, I always confuse that a little bit. Um, he's written this really fantastic book called Lead with Content, and there's a whole chapter in there which is about essentially governance. And governance is a mitigation for 
uh, a poor kind of content resourcing situation. Governance tells, tells you these are the people you need in your team, these are the skills that they need, uh, and these are the ways that you promote them and explain to them what is excellence. So I highly recommend um, that, that book, which is free to download. They ask you for your name and email, but as we know from our keynote, you know, you've given away, everyone knows anything, everything anyway, so what's one more invasion of privacy? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I really would advocate this concept of governance as a way to mitigate the problem of team. So my next challenge is, is around budget. And budgets, it's not just about money, it's also about time. So again and again, I will see inadequate um, money and time allocated to content projects. I will hear things like, oh, the content will only take, you know, a week. It'll be fine. We can get all that done in a week, when in fact I know it's probably going to take eight weeks. So, and I found, um, and, and this, it, it's, 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 I see it constantly over and over again. And really the only way you can mitigate this is with something as basic as a spreadsheet where you list down what are you actually going to try and create and how much do you estimate each of those items are going to cost. So if you're talking about just updating some copy, well, you, you need your in-house copywriter, then you need the, the, the time cost of getting it approved, going through legal compliance, getting the big boss to sign it off, then realising it's so fundamentally changed, it's got to come back to the beginning. But then if you're thinking about commissioning a deep fake artist or an illustrator or a videographer, these things have cost associated with them and time associated with them. But a really neat um, tool that I found... Um, uh, by an Australian called Liam King, who's currently living in the UK. His company is called Legom Strategy. He's basically created this really fantastic content cost calculator. So what you do is you put in, okay, how many pages do I have? And really the pages is, is translated to artefacts because sometimes we know we're creating a, an interstitial or a piece of microcopy or a video or some sort of um, AI bonanza. But by, you think, how many of those do I have? How long do I think they're going to take to create? And then he gives you this really neat um, equation which says this is how... And remember that slide before where I described all the different people who can create content? Well, they all cost different amounts. So then you'd put in the daily rate of that person and then you get a time and budget uh, estimate for your project. And it's a really powerful thing for you to do when you're, when you're starting and even if you're in the middle of a messy project to say, let's actually talk about the real cost of the work that we're doing. And of course, Christina Halverson, who wrote, who literally wrote the book on, on content strategy, it's about 10 years old now, that book. She uh, has a lot of information in her book around costing and budgeting, if that's something that you wanted to dig into a little bit further. So, content. Believe it or not, content in a very meta way is a problem within content. So, people don't know what they've got. The number of times that I have gone to work with a new client, they've said, oh, we've got three sites and um, they've got 50 pages. And then I actually do an audit and go, no, you've actually got 30 pages and, you know, you don't realise but you've actually got 500 PDFs published on one of those pages, oh, sorry, one of those sites. 
So at a very fundamental level, you need to understand what you currently have before you can start imagining all the amazing stuff in the future. And there are a couple of tools that are really going to help you do that quickly. One of them is Screaming Frog. That is a SEO crawler. There is, there's SEMrush. There's a whole bunch of other ones that do that. It's basically a work experience kid that goes into your website and notes down all the links on a website or a competitor's website as well. So, and it's a really great way to get a really quick snapshot of what you've got. Um, when I was working, and, and you can do this in a, in a whole bunch of ways. When I was working at Atlassian, I actually asked the devs to give me a scrape of the code for our, our precursor to Slack hip chat, and so that I could then rip out all the, all the words that were public facing. So all the warning messages, all the interstitials, all the intro messages, all of those things I was able to pull out and do a full audit on. So you, you can do an audit on an application as very easily in the same way you could on a website. And of course, there's a whole bunch of different um, spreadsheets that you can use to do this. One I'd recommend is Megan Casey has a nice template. So she's written a book, um, the Content Strategy Toolkit, and it's got those resources as part of that book. You can just download them. And I, and I love this quote from Megan Casey because I was like, I've had exactly this same experience where, you know, the client says the, uh, the content in an ecosystem is one thing, and then once you start to do a little scratch, you realise just how different it is. So, measurement. This is like, measurement for me is like a big rock, and it looks beautiful on the outside, and then you tip it over, and it's just this kind of like fetid mess underneath with spiders and worms and other creepy crawlers. It is a confusing and complex space. Um, the big problems that I see is vanity metrics, people collecting data and not, know, and, and not knowing how to actually act upon that. So if I was to direct you to a tactical short-term um, way to get better at measuring the effectiveness of your content, I would point you at these two places. At the very least, have a look at the Google Analytics Academy. If you feel like your Google Analytics skills are not up to speed, have a look there. They also do some stuff with Search Console, which is super, super helpful. And also the Digital Transformation Agency who are here today, honestly, their content strategy guide is marvellous. I'm going to refer to another bit that I really love from there as well. But they've got some really good guidance on how it is that you create meaningful um, measurement of your digital entity. And really, it's all about starting small, being pragmatic, and really keeping yourself honest about finding connections between what you're actually producing and whether or not it's any good or not. Finally, technology. And the technology problem kind of manifests itself in two ways. In one situation, there is an, this overly... Uh, an obsession with the importance of technology. It's like the, the CMS is going to make or break us. We need a new um, social media channel, and that becomes this overinflated domination of the project, where in fact we know that technology is an enabler, not a driver of any digital project. And on the other hand, you'll see this real lack of understanding about how technology can boost and improve. Uh, content strategy. So, you know, you won't, people won't understand why author experience in a content management system is so important. They won't understand why um, the ability for a content management system to support a meaningful content model is also so important. So, I, the DTA has a really great guide, again, on basic requirements for a new content management system. I'd highly recommend that you have a look at that. It definitely has an emphasis on you, your um, author experience, which is really important. And um, 
content strategy for mobile. Karen McGrain has written that book. So the whole book is fantastic. Actually, I have a quote from her. And she's re one of the things that's beautiful about creating content for apps is it really gets you to think away from the channel or as she puts it, the container, and really focus on the narrative and what people are trying to do. So I love that book. And just quickly, the last one here, or did I go the wrong way? I did, beg your pardon. Um, Designing Connected Content is another brand new book that's come out. Mike Atherton and Kerry Hain, I think I might have got that wrong. And they've written, it's all about content syndication, how you can use technology to, to amplify the content work that you're doing in a really efficient way. So definitely worth having a look at. So, in summary, really quickly, what have we got? We've got audience, we've got strategy, we've got team, we've got budget, we've got content, we've got measurement, and we've got technology. If you are experiencing these problems, you are not alone, and I hope that some of those really quick tactical solutions may be able to help you. Don't forget, of course, that all this sits on this layer of human skills, which is about communication, curiosity, listening, taking ownership, and, and being a, and a, a fabulous leader. So I did promise you these references, so that's probably worth a quick photo so that you can look, up, look them up. And of course, um, I have the slides for this talk with... Oh, too slow. Come on, guys, quick. <laughs> I have the references to... Um, uh, I'm going to talk really slowly for the last couple of people. I've, uh, there's a whole, all the slides are on this site. I would love to talk to you in, during... Uh, UX Australia, the two challenges that I have at the moment are around scaling content and around um, content in an agile environment. If you have great solutions or if you're thinking about those two things, please do come and talk to me. Thank you so much.